Hi everyone, and thank you for joining today's The Thursday Talk. Our podcasts are powered by The Provider Partner. My name is Tracy Olston. This is Dr. Charles Hunley. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that is not only affecting um, where we are at in the state of Florida, but also different parts of the country. Um, and really what we're going to talk about today is healthcare burnout. So interestingly enough, Dr. Hunley, you have experienced a lot of the medical provider burnout that is happening right now, um, especially with your own health system that you work at. But what I found interesting is the AAPC and AHIMA recently published some articles about healthcare burnout and how healthcare burnout from a physician, which affects the mid-levels, which ultimately affects the nursing staff and any of the ancillary staff, which includes coders, is kind of trickling down and affecting everybody within the healthcare community. What I yeah. thought was really interesting is there's a statistic that's floating around, and this is, this is one that I saw on the AHIMA website, and the AMA website, where it says 54.4% of all healthcare providers are experiencing some sort of burnout. What do you think is contributing to the overall burnout in healthcare? So this is, I mean, if you talk to, you talk to physicians, you talk to nurses, you talk to RTs, ancillary staff throughout the healthcare system. You're exactly right. Those statistics are very accurate. Um, the question is, is it's kind of, and it's, it's kind of near and dear to my heart, you know, me being a military veteran and hearing 22 physicians, I mean, 22 vets, veterans kill themselves and commit suicide every day. Um, and we started with the, you know, in the early to mid, like 2012, 13, 14, we started talking about veteran or military burnout. We started talking about the, you know, the basically morale. And now we're, we're proceeding onward with what we're seeing in the military environment. Well, in healthcare, if you think about it, um, and it's not just, it's before, it's before the pandemic, we were starting to see burnout in 16, 17 and 18. And many articles had were published on the organizational strategies for physician burnout, right? They didn't focus on the nursing so much or the ancillary staff or our coders who have to deal with, you know, reading charts and, and, and seeing the culture shift in such a way. Um, they were worried about physician burnout, the overwork, the too many clip boxes on the on the on the EMR. Um, Long comes the pandemic, a system gets very very stressed, and you know, uh, then you start seeing conversations of articles like the relationship between flow, experience, and systematic uh, systems and risks of burnout systems. And that actually article was published uh, in the Environmental of uh, Public Health in 2022. And basically what it said is that a system that is disorganized with chaos creates anxiety and creates angst, which then creates burnout. Um, we're seeing that. And, you know, we're seeing that right now. It, it, it goes from the pinnacle to peak. 
And then we could actually go, I think you have some statistics about administrators, right? Yes. And so Yeah, what's interesting is um, looking at some of the statistics, um, 96% of all administrators agree that, that burnout is a huge issue within their group practices. And what I thought was really interesting is that 40% of the administrators are also reporting some sort of burnout. And so I think it's, I think this is a really important topic because a lot of people, I don't, I don't know, really understand what burnout is. And so I thought it was interesting that one of the articles I read, they actually call out specifically what the symptoms of a burnout is. So as you start to take a self-assessment of yourself working in healthcare, you can see, well, wait a minute, maybe I am experiencing some sort of burnout. So what I thought was really interesting is the common symptoms of burnout are loss of motivation, feeling helpless, trapped, or defeated by um, just different rules and regulations that you can't have control over or you can't um, give any feedback towards, increased cynical or a negative outlook, decreased satisfaction or sense of accomplishment with the organization you are currently at, feeling tired and drained most of the time, Tiredness, tiredness that does not respond to rest, so you're perpetually tired. Lower immunity, frequent headaches and muscle aches. Change in your appetite or your sleep habits. Withdrawing from responsibilities, procrastinating, or skipping work and finding reasons to come in late or to leave early. And so, you know, I mean, I think in all honesty, I looked at this list and thought to myself, at different points of my career, I have experienced one or all of these. Yeah, and 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 there's, I mean, there's some really good studies. And, and the first, the question is, is as people are reading the providers, you know, the provider partners podcast, they're like, what does this have to do with you all in coding and documentation? And, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually big have a good reflection and some studies, you know, that really talk about. So uh, there was some really good research and that they've continued the research throughout from 2012 to 2021. And it's uh, Piper, uh, Piper, P-E-I-F-E-R, et al. in 2012. And then they redid the studies in about 2021. And they talked about what causes, what causes fatigue, mental fatigue and burnout and the loss of, you know, the loss of uh, feeling accomplished at your job. And, and really they broke it down to and very simple. And I'm not going to go into the whole articles was the demands and the resources, right? Demands and resources. And so if the demands are high and resources are low, your stress level is accelerated, right? Uh, and it creates this anxiety, the psychological arousal, which then, you know, depending on how, how it escalates, whether, you know, I'm going to use COVID, for example, because everybody blames COVID for everything, is you had very little resources, high demands, very high stress, the costs were high, you know, and it created stress, the ability to relax, and, and you couldn't actually get 
a system down to cope with that because your demands were increasingly high and you created burnout systems. Well, if you think about it, if you have a thousand, I'm going to use our code or I'm going to use our coding department. If you have 3000 charts to, to go through and you only have three or four coders, your demands aka, are very high, right? Your resources are very low. That creates an environment to have burnout in, you know, quote for all the articles, burnout creates inaccuracies, inefficiencies, don't want to come to work, then you have you have even worse inefficiencies because your demands are increasing higher. It creates this perpetual system failure. Um, we're seeing that with our nursing field right now. What I think is interesting is you called out the mistakes. And in this study, um, it says 120% uh, more likely to make errors and mistakes for those who are burned out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that when you think about that, 120% more likely to make a mistake, a physician, a nurse, an APP, those mistakes could be very costly to a patient. But taking the flip side, when a coder is burned out and they're making mistakes, it has a financial impact on the organization. Which thus has an impact on the resources to the physicians, the nurses, the RTs, the, the administrators, which creates more stress in the background. And so it's, it's, it's an interesting feel time in our healthcare industry right now. And, and I hate industry. I hate the term industry in caring for others and having an organization and a system to do it because um, there's lots of conversation of the system is broken. The problem is, is how much in the system can you make to optimize and reduce that, that stress to reduce the demand? You know, um, it's funny because I, I uh, watched in the pandemic in the nursing staff, when we started reducing nursing, the ability to chart was drastically reduced. And the CMS actually came out and I, I can't remember, but you know, we have this emergency where you can't, you know, you don't have to chart as much in the certain area in, in certain institutions. I don't know if it's a CMS law. I don't know what it was. I think but it was part of the public health emergency. Yeah, and, and you think about it, you reduced the demand on them so they could efficiently do their job. That was a really good um, efficiency tool. The question is, is how can, you know, in our world and in, in, in our optimization of charting and coding and, you know, can we standardize things to make things better to reduce the demand on the physicians? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you'll hear people who are like the physicians need to do this or physicians need to do that. If there's a problem, the physicians need to make sure they put in their own orders. The physicians need to, and it's like, so thus you're increasing the demand on one side of the field. And I'm using physicians because I'm a physician. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, narcissistic for a second, but at the same time, they're doing the same, you know, demands on the nursing to reduce the workflow of somebody else. And it trickles down. And, and so the question is, is we have lots of articles, as you just said, how do we break this cycle? How do we, how do we go from large amounts of burnout where we have a shortage to getting back to building that system back up to lessen the demand? So let me ask you this. What do you think is contributing to 
overall burnout. Um, I think one of the I think one of the main issues, at least with the nursing friends that I have that I've spoken with, um, they have communicated to me that their patients are a little nastier since the pandemic than they ever were. And so, you know, I think I think these lockdowns that we did really people could hide behind a computer and they lost their filter of what's appropriate and what is it. And I think our nursing staff, our physicians, and even some of our revenue cycle team that are taking patient calls are dealing with a whole different level of patient interaction that we've never dealt with before. Yeah, it's uh, and, and anecdotally, and I, I, I haven't seen any, you know, and I, I'm pretty evidence based, as you know, but um, anecdotally, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the lack of um, empathy or sympathy or caring in society in general. I mean, I, I'm not going to get political about lockdowns and the and just the the mental health and all. You're seeing that, and I, I'll give you this really horrible story. Uh, there was a a, a lady. Um, there was a lady who was very, very sick and her family was in the room. And this, this nurse, I, I, I sat there and watched it. This nurse was giving everything. She had, she had multiple, she was over, she was over, I call it over patientified. That means she had a lot more patients than she should have for yeah. the demand she needed. And this family walked out in the middle of the, the ward and basically degraded her and and they just walked in the door. I mean, they didn't even, they hadn't spent 10 minutes inside the room before they walked out of the room and lamb blasted the nurse to a point that I'm like, I've never really seen that before. I mean, I was in like, it's a whole different level of mental stress and revenue cycle. I mean, think about they, they have a horribly hot, they have a hospital bill or they have an outpatient bill or an urgent care. Yeah. It, it, and so the physician burnout and the, the system is just, it's stressed. Now the question is, and I like to talk about this in the podcast, what do we think can move the needle to go towards some type of reduction in demand and increase in capacity of resources. And that's why I keep saying, um, because you got to find, I mean, a lot of people back to the veterans, a lot of people talk about 22 veterans a day, you know, uh, commit suicide. My biggest pet peeve is we got to do something and have an answer and not just talk about it, you know? And so, um, there are some studies that starting to talk about organizational strategies to reduce, they call it healthcare utilization and lessen burnout. And basically, you know, a lot of these are, are looking at analysis, but it really is going back to the point of designing systems that allow uh, people to have stop gaps. For example, a coder should not have 400 charts in a week, right? Or 500 charts in a week. There's no way she's going to be able to code or he, he or she, or in the world of pronouns, uh, that many charts, right? Yep. What I, think is, what I think is interesting is this one, um, 
item that I read said that healthcare providers have said that the number six causes of burnout, the first one is too many bureaucratic tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and they put into the bureaucratic tasks, the documentation elements. That's number one. And so, you know, we, you and I, we go out, we shadow providers, we meet with providers day in and day out. There are so many inefficiencies in their workflows that are creating all of these additional burdens and time spent that becomes frustration for the provider. That if groups focused and spent some time really working on the workflows to assist the provider and to help the provider, number one would not be an issue. What I think is interesting is 60% of those they interviewed in 2022 said that the bureaucratic, the bureaucratic tasks around the documentation was the number one area causing burnout. That's oh, yeah. some pretty high statistics. Yeah. And, and, you know, and not to plug us as a podcast, but we're, that's, you know, part of this, what we do is we go out, we follow, um, we're not the normal, you know, we're not the normal consultants that come in and look at your charts and, you know, and, but we usually try to follow you to know your workflow. It's interesting because we've, and Tracy, you and I both, I was actually on a phone call with you the other day and it was a total different workflow than I was ever used to. And, you know, it was interesting to hear their workflow compared to somebody else's and how different it is that you can't just have a cookie cutter approach to things uh, yeah. that that creates uh, that creates a stressful environment and you can't adapt. And so you're right. It's, you know, designing processes to reduce your bureaucratic um, crap. And, and I think that's why you're starting to see it from nurses because the demand's yep. getting higher, the clicks are getting more, RTs, administrators, uh, coding, revenue cycle team, coding and billing. It, it's designing processes that reduce that. Yeah. What I think that is interesting, number two, is a lack of respect from colleagues, managers, and other professionals that mm -hmm. they are associated with. In 2022, those statistics were at 39%. Yeah, and, and you're seeing that. You're seeing, and I think it's one of those situations to where how do you, how do you give, uh, you know, the, the joke in the joke in the military, and it really, we were one team, one fight. You had a purpose. Right now, I think everybody's struggling with the purpose, and it's hard in healthcare. I mean, think about it. You have, you just said it, your your colleagues. I witnessed it. The the level of empathy, not just you know for, for the patients and the nurses and everybody. It's creating a I hate, I hate the term toxic environment, but it really is. Yeah. And kind of trying to bring the system together to say, let's all work together is probably going to be the most beneficial. But at the same time, people are angry and it's hard to do that. Yeah. Number three is too much time spent at work. 
Um, in 2022, 34% of those interviewed said they are being asked to stay later and later at work, which takes away from their family time that they get and those moments they have a personal time to recharge. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, I, I personally have dealt with that in my career and still dealing with trying to have a balance in back to that demand when, you know, and when more people get burned out, more people quit. Um, you know, recently, I think every nurse that somebody said in society right now, and I mean, overall in the country, because every hospital mm -hmm. thinks that our hospital is the worst when it comes to nursing shortage. But every time they hire a nurse, one leaves the door, maybe two leave in a day. And yeah. And so um, that's a challenge. The question is, is how do you how do you adapt? Now, you know, there's I'm not going to get into the conversations because about pay and a lot of something is to be in the team together and to understand um, that everybody's stressed and it's not just them um and it starts from the top and it starts from you know and it, it designs a process absolutely what i think is interesting is rounding out the last three is where their thought processes are not taken into consideration so there's a lack of control mm -hmm. insufficient compensation which is what you just mentioned and the last one is the demands that the organizations are going to more of a computerized practice with um, productivity reports, with metrics, with live feedback for the providers as to, you know, what they're doing, what they're not doing correctly. Same with the coders. I mean, you know, coding groups um, are definitely moving towards more computerized practices where we can get live analytics on how well our staff is performing. So it seems like all of these things that we've put into place are adding to the physician burnout because maybe the workflows weren't rolled out correctly or templates were not put in place to make people's lives a little bit easier. Instead, it's making it a little bit harder and more laborious. Yeah, no, and, and we we as a organization uh, have seen that as when because um, every physician kind of wants to do their own thing, but they also don't want a lot of burdensome stuff on there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say when you roll out a new EMR and you have to switch over. So there's training, there's processes, stressful. very stressful. Then you have to balance out your productivity. Um, and so designing, planning, designing processes that yeah. work on workflow uh, is, pro is a good way to reduce burnout. Um, we've seen that in the sense of when we get a system down and people start seeing not just financial results, but hey, this saves us money and this saves us time. I'm not staying at night to document, you know, seven charts on yeah, my absolutely. days behavior, I can get out an hour earlier, an hour and a half earlier, two hours earlier. Um, it helps with that burnout. And it, this is just from the physicians and then the coders look at the same style every time, right? Mm -hmm. And go, okay, I see this, this is the stuff, this is the template, I see what I need, bam. Yeah, more efficient. 
So, it, and I personally have seen that the more I start using not just the you know, copy and paste, but a template where I can think of the patient, write out my, my objectives really quick uh, instead of, and sometimes copy and pasting takes more time because I have to copy in, I have to paste, I have to change something here and yeah. there and think about it other than, hey, this page, this, you know, critical care time, this is what the diagnosis are, this is what I did, boom, I'm out, you know, and it makes things, improves the bureaucratic stuff that they can control. They can't control an administrator that tells them that they have to worry about Foley's or Cotties or Clapsies. It goes back to that serenity prayer, you know, give me, give me the ability to control what I can control and let accept the things I can't control helps with that burnout stage. So, yeah. So for those that are experiencing burnout, we've talked about you know, standardizing workflows, making a process, the, the hospitals making a process that um, works best for all of the healthcare providers that are exposed to it. We've talked a little bit about the professional side, but what do you think are some things that individuals who are experiencing burnout can do that is more targeted towards them? So that's actually another really big pet peeve of mine. Uh, you, you'll hear administrators, and in fact, there's all these research that talks about building resiliency, right? Um, you know, it, it, and it's coming, now they're starting to look at nurses and RTs, and I'm hoping, and, and ancillary staff, the building resiliency, and, and that's actually a national term, which really, I'm like, okay, Every physician needs to take care of themselves. We understand, you know, I, as you know, if I don't work out in my stress level, I get grumpy, you know, I get more stressed. I, I have my ways of building my own resiliency, right? The problem is, is the term building resiliency and then giving people the ability to, you know, to build resiliency, giving them real tools to build resiliency and not just, you know, I, I, and I'm not making fun of it. I have some friends that do wellness and physician wellness and spiritual wellness, but designing ways to have physicians and have nurses and have ancillary staff and coding be able to speak. I think the one thing in resiliency is um, being able to have some bit of say over your uh of your condition and I, i'm going to use the best example of this is uh 2020 21 we had a total of one half the rts because everybody went out and traveled respiratory mm -hmm. therapist and we had as you probably could imagine we had a massive surge in the need of rts in your hospital and you couldn't actually find an rt and traveling or anything and going and listening to them of their plight of truly yeah. being empathetic to their plight build their resiliency of, of accepting that you know yes you're going to have to embrace the suck okay you're going to have to we're going to have to find a way to get through this but listening to their plight listening to how they want to build resiliency is probably very beneficial 
Absolutely. Because so everybody has a coping mechanism. Mine's, you know, exercise. Some people hate to exercise, right, Tracy? Um, yeah, it's not my favorite thing, but I will tell you my coping mechanism, and some people will find this really funny. I go to Target, I walk down the bedding section, and I touch all of the bedding. So for those of you who shop at Target, if you buy your bedding there, I probably have touched it in one of the states that I have visited. Because that is how I cope. I, I'm a very much tactile person. So I have to touch things to get me back in check. I'm not a runner or, or somebody who gets that calmness from exercise. And so, as you said, one of the things is, you know, building, I, I, building resiliency is, is understanding who you are and you just hit it, understanding how I can, that I am stressed, that this environment is not, Hey, you you know, suck up and push through it because it's not hard for you. I mean, I'll honestly tell you it, the healthcare environment, whether you are a front desk and person checking somebody in a receptionist for a, for a doctor's group, a, you know, cardiovascular surgeon or it, a person that, and I actually, um, another story about burnout is I actually was walking down the hall the other night and one of my environmental engineers and she, I've known her for 30, I've known her since I, since yeah, 17 years, she's worked there for 35 years. I've known her for 17 years and she was crying and I actually thought something she was sick or something was wrong. And she literally looked at me and said, I don't have the ability to clean rooms as fast as they want me to clean them. And I felt helpless for her. Yeah. Um, all I could do is listening to her and say, you only can do what you can do, you know? And so the environment is one that you have to know yourself and accept it is a stressful environment. The term building resiliency, suck up and push through it is not listening to you as a healthcare, I hate to say worker, but healthcare professional, whatever profession you're in in healthcare. And then understanding how you can make your life better and, and communicate it to others. Well, I think it's I think it's important that administrators in general, because some of these administrators are experiencing burnout as well, <laughs> um, that when you are in a position of administration, that you really take an opportunity to find out, you know, what is stressing your team out? And sometimes you can't do anything about it, but at least giving them validation that you hear their concerns and that you're willing to partner with them to come up with a solution as to what can be done to make things a little bit better. And it may just be a snack bar that people can go to for a timeout, you know, a 10 minute timeout to recenter and regroup. But I think it's important that as we are talking about the shift in healthcare and the shift with more and more people, um, reporting burnout and the concern, the serious concerns that come from somebody who is experiencing severe burnout with potential suicides and other things that, that the statistics 
clearly identify that Mm -hmm. administrators and managers that oversee these staff members really need to take a moment and listen to the concerns that their employees are bringing up to them and to give them that sense of validation. Yeah, no. And and I go back to, I go back to, um, I, I, I didn't think I did anything when I, you know, when I was, um, visiting every nurse, every nursing huddle and every RT huddle in, in, you know, during the COVID pandemic, uh, actually I could call it the post COVID COVID pandemic because the, the real stress happened after the initial onslaught and we lost all, all our, our healthcare staff. Um, but listening to what they said is you heard us, that you heard the conversation, you helped us design processes that, that reduced our work in a true manner. Um, one of the, one of the things that, and I shouldn't bash IHI, uh, stuff, but I'm IHI quality safety officer, but part of that quality safety that you really need to focus on is how do you, um, reduce your emotional burnout so you yep. reduce errors you know and we can count the amount of coddies we can count the amount of quality and matrix in there but there is a as uh as a gimba board in you know these lean processes say there's the work is done at the floor the stress is done at the floor understanding them uh and understanding processes for us as a yep. as a physician, administrative consulting group as our process is to reduce your workflow stress, to, to optimize not just your revenue, because revenue will come, you do the right thing, take care of the patients, you will make money. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of our mottos, right? That. And, and so the, the question is, is designing that workflow, uh, helping the physicians listening to them, actually listening to a physician go this workflow and you know we've we've heard this i can't do this because of this i can't do this because of this well let's change this workflow into where it fits for you yeah absolutely so well i think you know we've we've hit on a very touchy subject today that a lot of people are are talking about in the industry um But I think it's important as we close out just to let our listeners know that burnout is a very real condition. And if you are experiencing any of the things that we've talked about in this podcast, definitely seek out help if you feel like you need some additional help, but figure out ways that you can recenter yourself, whether it's what I do, walking through Target and touching all the things or going for a run or eating, I hate to say this, but eating a box of Ho-Hos or or chocolates, you know, whatever you can do to help you kind of combat the burnout, because it is a very real thing that everybody in the healthcare industry is facing right now. Yeah. And, you know, as we, as, as we talk about this, this, you're right, touchy subject, because uh, it's, it's in the conversation. It's everybody talks about it. The true, everybody talks. And, and I'm going to go back because I live, I live two parallel lives. Um, people talk about, you know, 
PTSD and post-traumatic stress syndrome, which is, you know, which to be fair, I, I equivocate a lot of what healthcare industry, whether you're seeing dramatic events at the bedside or whether you're seeing the, the massive demand with the inability and helplessness that you are seeing to accomplish your tasks. Yep. Um, understanding and first off, recognizing that this is a symptom of something that could affect your life and not just running away from it. Cause there's many people who are like, I'm out of here. I just don't want to do this again. Understanding that and not just seeking help, seeking mechanisms that are healthy, seeking conversations, having a conversation about it. We call yeah. it the wingman in the Air Force. Having a conversation that, hey, today sucked, instead of going home and and, and just keeping it in. Internalizing. Uh, internalizing it. That's not efficient. And back to that, it, it causes errors. Administrators, if you're listening to this, and I encourage you, I call it have a little grace. That means you're stressed. Voice your concerns. Transparency is very important for mm -hmm. burnout. Uh, if we're all in the, the bucket together, we all can cope together. And so um, it makes things better. Absolutely. Well, thank you um, for listening, friends. We hope you take care this week. And we will see you for another Thursday talk. Yep. And our next Thursday talk, we're going to really talk about ways that we can design systems to improve for the current environment. More to come, and we'll probably put it up to advertise our, our, next, our next podcast. Thank you. Bye.